When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, Hale Varsity Radio on the road today. It's uh, Thursday at Haymarket Park. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. So here's what's uh, up. Well, we were set to have the uh, the Lincoln A's uh, play a doubleheader. That's Junior's baseball team as they have uh, gotten to the point of the year where they're winding down their season. Uh, a lot of the same kids together for a lot of years and we were going to play at Haymarket, but uh, mother nature has not cooperated the field a bit too wet and soppy and uh we will not be here but i'm i'm still in, in the broadcast booth all by myself the grounds crews working their tail off here trying to to get the field uh dry but uh yeah welcome to cool july weather right uh, great to be with you on a thursday at tale varsity presented by the nebraska lottery chris schmidt elijah herbal uh so here at haymarket for uh, for a while we are loaded up today kind of the the uh, aftermath here of the the trev alberts day the hiring yesterday the press conference yesterday so you know what's next here you had reaction yesterday now the task at hand uh, with Trev Alberts and moving uh, some of Nebraska's sports forward, some key sports forward. We'll check in with Brandon Vogel from Hale Varsity in uh, about 20 minutes. In hour two, we'll uh, spend some time. Coach Solich retired yesterday. We spent a little bit of time on that. A uh, guy who knows Trev Alberts well, who knows uh, Coach Solich well, and uh, is a proud papa of, uh, of of a Heisman winner and NFL quarterback in Cincinnati, Jimmy Burrow going to be with us so we'll uh, catch up with jimmy get his take on things not only trev but coach solich and also hear how uh how joe's doing on that uh, that rehab with his knee as uh cincinnati's uh, uh you know camp uh, season just around the corner here at the nfl of course zach taylor the head coach and cincy former husker steve warren the warren academy with us we'll talk to him about some of the top prospects in this in the state and in the metro regions between Omaha and Lincoln and southwest Iowa, Steve's going to be having a, a top 50 showcase, which we will be at uh, for a live Hale Varsity on the 28th. And uh, so Steve Warren with us. Danny Burke is back from vacation. Burke's best bets get his take on some NBA and some Major League Baseball as the second half gets underway. So uh, you can join us, 466 3776 Four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Elijah, what's new with you? How are you? Have you bought that side of beef yet? Uh, I, I knew you were going there. I really did. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just asking because somebody's up three to one in uh, 
in, in the stake in the beer wagers. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I've been better because I really thought the Suns had that one in the bag because like, we're coming down to the wire like a minute left, and I was like, okay, Suns don't even have to win. All they have to do is not lose by five. Lose by four, we're going to lose by five. We got some issues. And they end up losing by what, eight? Like, that was just ridiculous. Giannis comes out with the, the block of the finals, the block of the playoffs so far. Uh, and that was kind of the, the momentum turner. And that's just, it was just unfair. Um, but, you know, there's nothing like a 3-1 comeback in a, a seven-game series. So I'm down 3-1 to one right now. Uh, I'm going for the fireworks. I need four straight to win this thing, baby. So let's go. You are going to, to double down and say, I need, uh, I need prime rib, I need bone-in <laughs> ribeye, I need, uh, need filet. You're, you're going with the buffet of steak choices here uh, that, that you, will, you will meet man versus food style, Elijah, if, if you pull this off and, uh, and win out to, to conquer the, the ongoing steak and beer bet between you and me. And if I don't make the comeback, you better believe I'm buying the good stuff, too. This has been a, an epic, epic NBA Finals. And also, I think I need to pay up over the last two football seasons, too. So We're, we're not going to – we're, <laughs> we're kind of keeping score, but, but we're not really keeping score. You know, uh, let's dive in. Awesome mailbag. And you, you look at the coverage from Hale Varsity yesterday on Trev Alberts. Wonderful stuff from Aaron Sorensen and, of course, Greg Smith and Derek Peterson and Mike Babcock. Of course, Brandon Vogel, and uh, we were lucky enough to, to get that Trev Alberts interview as well. So check that out on ESPN Lincoln or the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play with Hale Varsity Radio. Trev was awesome, but, but now we kind of turn our attention here to, all right, you had the ceremony, you had the, the good old feelings for some uh, with, a, with, a, with a former Husker now back in the AD chair, and this is a, a really good mailbag question, you know. Um, what can Trev Alberts do to quiet his critics early? And think about the different hires for Nebraska. And, and you've had five ADs since 2000. Different reactions, knee-jerk reactions, call-your-shot reactions, and we're all guilty of them. Up, oh, this Steve Peterson guy gets it. He was part of the recruiting uh machine at nebraska he's going to come in and no it, it it was it was uh fake it till you make it and and that was i've got my own agenda i've got my own plans i'm going to uh to to rip the heart out of, of nebraska football and if you talk to some of the coaches from back then it's not just that all right we, we aren't employed anymore it's more so a mindset and a practice style nebraska football was incredible for decades because a they developed talent they they recruited talent they won with talent they were tougher than you they were more physical than you they got faster than you and above all uh they practiced and practiced and practiced and you've heard this referenced a lot it's the 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 four station practice so you've got first through fourth or even fifth string back in the day slamming each other uh, four days a week for X number of days. You do that uh, that that math, and by the time Rob Zadiska, who's an amazing player, is a redshirt sophomore, he's had four billion reps at what he needs to do to go murder some defensive lineman. Uh, th- that was the blueprint for Nebraska. You get Petey in here with an NFL head coach who, yeah, recruited incredibly. Uh, that went to more of an NFL practice style, uh, that's where you see your depth development and demise. And 
it, it's it, it, it's ongoing, right? So when we get to Trev Alberts and, and quieting critics, Elijah, you, you had two camps yesterday, and I don't know that anyone switched teams. Yay, love the hire. No, hate the hire. And, and I'm kind of like, I like the hire because I think Trev will bring what Nebraska needs, and that is the ability to, to push those who need pushed to success and the ability to keep your hands off of of people that are already killing it, right? You don't want to go come in and think you know it all and, and alienate guys that are guys or gals that are super, super successful right now. I mean, it, it's, it's a pretty easy take right now. Assess what programs are doing, uh, offer to help, and push those that need to be pushed in a different direction. And when it comes to critics – Trev, Trev isn't going to be able to, to silence those that are still hot at him for UNO, all right? All he can do here is try and make sure the football program's successful, try and be there for Scott Frost, and it's not going to be an immediate, you know, quieting. It, it just won't be. Uh, so it's going to come down to wins. You know, some interesting thoughts here when it comes to runway, you know, we talked about Scott Frost. Why did he take the Nebraska job? Why did he leave Central Florida? And, you know, he had a, he, he has had a long runway to build up to success. I still think you, you have a runway this season, next season. And, and I, I don't think you add to it. You don't put an addition on the runway. Uh, but I think if you show some progress, but you're not to 10 wins, that's not time to panic and, and, and start uh, pulling uh, – you know, pulling the hand grenade pin again with blowing up football. So Trev's going to sit, assess, listen, and then and then react. Let's go to the phones real quick before you jump in, Elijah. Chris, welcome into Hale Varsity. How are you? Hey, Schmitty. Um, so you can throw me in the camp, the, the pro-Trev camp. Um, I think it's a good hire. And and I, my the thought process behind that is is that, you know, I think our athletic department is in a really good spot starting – with the, the brass at the top. Um, you know, Harvey Perlman's not steering the, the university anymore, and I think that's why this, you know, they did all the right things. Um, when you go through the list of all the people within the, the athletic department that were on that committee, um, I think they were asking the right questions and looking for the right things. And while this may not be the splash hire that some people were wanting, um, I think, I, I don't really love the term, but I, I think he checked all the right boxes. Mm-hmm. So, um, jury's still out, right? But I'm, I'm you know, I, I see this as a positive thing. Um, it's not a negative thing that we we brought in one of our guys that um, you know bled and sweated on on one of our our fields. Um, he is he's going to put the university first. He doesn't have any outside agendas. Like maybe we've had a couple of guys in the past running the department that were you know me first guys. Um, what do you? I mean. That's pretty in line with where you where you're at, wouldn't you say? I, right. I, I think you've got a guy, Chris, that just wants Nebraska to, to kill it again. That's that's his end game goal. He wants Nebraska to be Nebraska football again. He wants Nebraska basketball to, to be competitive and and go on a run for you know for some March dancing. You you are incredibly set up for volleyball. You, you're great for baseball. You've had good seasons and success with women's basketball. I mean, keep going on down the list. And, you know, 
Mark Manning's awesome uh, in, in wrestling. So, you? no, I, I, I think he's – I think he's just going to assess, and and I think bottom line is he's going to challenge those that need to be challenged uh, when it comes to results. I don't think he's in there to to, to try and kind of put his rubber stamp on anything. I think he's there to just make sure the results are what Nebraska fans, and he has his own expectation like you touched on. He he got it. He got the the point of coming into a 10-2, 9-3 program that couldn't win the big one to on the doorstep of a national championship. He knows that work ethic and process that's needed. So if, if you look at our, like, our head coaches and now our athletic director, is it fair to say that we have a, a large group of people that, like, this is their dream job? You know, Scott Frost, that he's at his dream job. Trev Alberts, he just took his dream job. Will Bolt, you know, is he one of those, is this his dream job? Kind of like, I mean, we you don't have to put enough zeros behind his check to make sure it's still his dream job. <laughs> Fair, yep. Yeah. But, I mean, if you, as you get filtered down in some of these other sports, I don't know if that's the case, but um, if John Cook ever decides to leave, um, that, that Tyler, uh, his assistant, like co-head coach, right? I mean, he's right there to step in and shouldn't miss a beat kind of deal. So, I love where we're at as an athletic department. Mm-hmm. I think this is just—it's a solid move. So, well, you're going to have you're going to have some hands-on um, leadership when it calls for, and I think that's going to be the big difference. Chris, thanks for listening, brother. Thanks for the call, Elijah. You jump in here, man. And you know the the task at hand right now is is to get football successful, get football competitive. Uh, I think football's had urgency uh, this spring and beyond. And I, I think the the expectations are to uh, to play like you've been coached, and and, and if you're going to go down, go down with a fight, not 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 at your own hands. I know we referenced that a lot, Elijah, but I don't think Trev Alberts will stand for sloppy football. Yeah, and, and while I don't think this is a, a home run, knock it out of the park hire, I don't think that's what you needed right now necessarily. I mean, Bill Moose came in and made some home run hires in baseball, football, and basketball, and maybe we just got a, a little accustomed to that as Husker fans, but I don't think Trev Alberts is a bad hire by any means. When you look at what Nebraska needs right now after the past three years of Bill Moose, what Nebraska needs now is a leader, and we talked. To, we heard uh, Trev Alberts say that in his press conference yesterday, saying uh, essentially I- I'm going to treat this like – um, I was uh, treated when I was a Husker football player, and that's that I had Coach Osborne, who was a leader, who was elevating my talent and, and bringing something out of me I didn't even know I had. And, and I think that's what the Nebraska Athletic Department needs now is somebody who's just going to be there on a day-to-day basis um, steering the ship and, and trying to elevate the people below him to, to do their jobs to the best of their ability. Um, because, like as an AD, you can delegate your jobs. I mean, you it was, we saw that from Bill Moose uh, with. Uh, all his delegation he was doing apparently out in uh, Washington or on his ranch um, instead of being around the office day to day. He, he was able to delegate a lot of his tasks and, and that's what you can do as AD. But the key is to be a good leader who can elevate the people below you to, to do the jobs to the best of their ability. And I think that's something Trev Alberts can do. Uh, we've heard Charlie McBride say how much of a people person he is, how, how well he can uh, communicate with people. Well, and the topic of trust is, listen, uh, it's a wonderful talking point. It gets people nodding their head. But we get to the point of uh, actions versus words, right? And I love Moose, man. This isn't like pinata time on the Moose because we both really like the guy. But Moose was a, was a talker, was a, was a good schmoozer, and he loved being with the fans, right? Trev, he's kind of been quiet and behind the scenes at Omaha, you know, but his results were 
here's uh, here, here's a hundred million dollars for two facilities. And I know that's UNO, but that's pretty awesome. That's pretty darn impressive. So for him to get all that done, I, I think there there is your action, right? Those are loud words when you roll up to Baxter Arena or there's a new baseball facility for UNO baseball. And uh, the fact that you've been on the doorstep a couple of times with basketball at UNO uh, speaks to um, to some progress. And and then there's hockey, right? And you've been to a frozen four or so. So um, Trev Alberts is there. And uh, when it comes to football expectations, well, and we'll know this next week. We'll, we'll get into this with Brandon Vogel. But, uh, you know, what, what are Trev's football expectations? Kind of asked that uh, by me yesterday. And obviously Sam McEwen touched on it with him too. And, you know, are his expectations in line with what Moose was talking about? That's six wins in a bowl, bowl berth. Eight, nine wins is what Moose was talking about. What's Trev say? Uh, win, win total wise. Uh, maybe he'll he'll be asked that at media days next week. Brandon Vogel's next. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! So I'm staring out here at the west uh, side of Memorial Stadium, Haymarket Park, in the Salt Dogs broadcast booth i don't have a budweiser here otherwise i'd say budweiser broadcast booth but i do have a coffee before you make any comments elijah but no uh junior's team is is not going to get to play tonight too much rain and uh, not enough uh heat to to dry things out so uh somewhere junior and his crew are playing catch out in the parking lot i would call security immediately uh, if, if I was running the ballpark, and I'd, I'd get tasers on. We say hi to Brandon Vogel. Uh, we welcome in a managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. And um, we can find Vogues on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. Vogues, busy day yesterday, kind of a whirlwind. And, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of move forward here 24 hours as you've had a chance to, to assess and process this thing. What do you think? What do you think of Trev Alberts? What do you think of, of his task uh, at hand here in Lincoln? Uh, how are you, by the way? Good to talk to you. I'm doing well, thanks. Um, yeah, you know, Trev is one of those names that has, has been on, you know, every sort of Nebraska AD list for, for a while now. Um, and it, it, it kind of felt, at least early in the month, you know, when Nebraska had this opening and we're all kicking around candidates, like for whatever reason, maybe that, that door had had closed um so so yesterday came as a a mild surprise at least for me personally but i came away you know i think i'm optimistic about about the future of the department you know alberts is a a no-nonsense kind of guy he's he's a smart um you know smart administrator as evidenced by his time at at omaha and i think it i'm overall bullish on i think where this is gonna go um, I think it's the the right blend of you know someone who stepped away for a while and, and comes in with that familiarity. I think the big thing for me is uh, this, this department is going to have, I believe, in the near future, kind of a more defined culture across all of it. And I don't know when the last time that felt like that was the case for me. Probably the Osborne uh, oversight years, don't you think? 
Yeah, you know, and that one was weird because you, you had the um, you had the kind of open endedness of it, like it was interim for a bit and then full time for a bit, and you know, you always kind of knew well somebody else was going to come in and, and take this. But yeah, that's probably the best example. I mean, Steve Peterson certainly, you know had designs on, on what he wanted that department to be, uh, and it didn't work out. So, you know, it's still got to be the, a good culture and, and the right culture, but it's just it's – it's been something that I, I, I feel has lacked a little bit from Nebraska Athletics over the past decade or so. Brandon Vogels with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Vogels, uh, I, I need your thoughts here when it comes to football expectations. <laughs> Does that carry over? Does the old bar, uh, the moose set with uh, six in a bowl game or eight or nine wins are findable, are we going to get Trev to comment on a number <laughs> at all? <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to guess no. I'm going to I'm going to assume that if you were asked, so still eight or nine wins, right? He'd, he'd probably punt on that one. I mean, I think you know. Bill Moose was was well versed in, in college football, and, and really, uh, I think just a, all wherever he works aside, really just a fan of the sport, and, and that's good. You know, Trev has that too, uh, with the added bonus of, of having played at Nebraska. So you know, I, I'm really interested in kind of that interplay between AD and football program, given that, that both of those players are are two of the best players in, in Nebraska football history. You know. And when it comes to setting expectations, you know, is it going to feel a little bit? Now, I know, you know, Alvarez and Frost didn't play together, but they were pretty close. You know, is it a little bit of like, hey, we know what this is like, right? When I was a senior linebacker, I expected this of the, the people that were coming, still coming up through the program. You know, is, is, it, is it something like that? I, there's just a kind of unity of. I don't know. I mean, unity of purpose. Everyone has that. Everybody wants to win and everybody understands, but I don't know. There's just a link there. I think has the potential to, to benefit both Nebraska as an athletic department and as a football program. Brandon Vogels with us on Hale varsity Vogues. Uh, what, what does football need? Trev's a guy that he told me yesterday, like I'm not a micromanager, but I get the sense Trev can absolutely, uh, Lay uh, lay a line down that that needs to be met, uh, and and communicate expectations well. So what what does Frost and company need from Trev, and what do you think Trev and company needs from from Frosty? Yeah, it's that's a that's a that's a tough one. Um, I think that you know from afar and, and like. I, I felt this way at the at the time, and there was so much like wrapped up in it, and the enthusiasm around Nebraska getting its guy, um, the the top coaching candidate, you know, most people considered in, in the country that year. Um, it, and so far, I would say it's it's been a little bit of a lesson in okay, that's good, like that all happened for a reason. Everyone involved earned that, right? But there's still more. Like you still got to go out and, and maintain a lot of the the same things, the same focus. All, you know, all the stuff that you had. And anytime you switch a job, it becomes a little bit easier to to get away from some of that stuff, whether intentionally or unintentionally. With with Albert's experience, you know, playing the game and just being an athletics administrator. I think he's the right set of fresh eyes to say like, well, Hey, you know, what about this? Or what about that? And, you know, he, like you said, 
he's not going to micromanage it, but it's it's more just having a set of eyes that you know understands what they're looking at at a deep, deep level. Brandon Vogel's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Brandon, just a bit of a, a big picture uh, question here is when, when you look at where UNO was at whenever Trev took the job here uh, there and now when you look at where uh, Nebraska's at when Trev's taking the job here which do you think is, is the harder position I know UNO had financial difficulties and Trev had to make some tough decisions to cut some programs but then you look at Nebraska and, and the way the football program has slipped in recent years what do you think is like more difficult uh, of, of a task for, for Trev to complete yeah it's, so it's it, it, that's a really good question um he, at, at, at Omaha, you know, we had the, the very difficult decision, a decision that still, you know, really stings for some people. And, and I don't blame them. I understand it and I get it. At, at Omaha, you had the challenge of kind of rewriting uh, or writing a new future. You know, are we going to stay with what we are or are we going to make a really hard choice and try to be something else in the future? At Nebraska, you're always chasing the past a little bit. And, and I think, you know, not just here, but at any place you look that has that history and is maybe in a little bit of a downturn at the moment, um, kind of trying to catch up to once you want what you once were, it, it's more defined. The goal is constantly in sight. You know exactly what it is, uh, but it may be a little bit more difficult. Brandon Vogel's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And, yeah, that is that is a question, a great question, Elijah. The UNO flip, uh, not just a remodel, but uh, complete uh, revamping versus, you know, football rehab with uh, a program that, man, you're, you're waiting on it to, to, to get competitive. You know, what do you anticipate next week, Vogues, with, with Media Days uh, and, and Alberts? I know he's not going to be – he, he's different than Bill Moose, and there were things about the Moose I really loved, and part of that was, was his ability to hold court. Trev does that, but Trev does it in his own way. Yeah, he does. I and, mean, you know, I expect him to be around and to be pretty accessible. Um, it, you know, I expect you'll, there'll be a lot of national interest in being able to talk to him, and it'll probably be some pretty pointed questions because, you know, as we see time and time again, like nationally for people who, who look in on this, they're like, well, this is this is the record after three years, so surely, like, it, it's win now or else. And I think locally, uh, you know, we all feel that there's a little bit more leeway there. So I expect uh, I expect Alberts to, to get a bunch of that. I expect Frost to get, you know, quite a few questions about his, his new AD and kind of uh, having somebody who, who played the same sport there because, you know, through <laughs> this is the one time of year when, when college coaches across sports can kind of get away for a little bit um it might be the first time we, we have a chance outside of the statement that was released to to hear from frost on his new boss effectively you know if if frost bumps into national media that, that have him rated as a five on a hot seat rating does he ask him to arm wrestle Quite, it's quite possible. Um, maybe that's maybe that's Trev Albert's first first big job. To like, make sure that doesn't happen. Be like, I'll I'll talk, I'll talk to these guys. I'll handle that. It'll it'll just be easier that way. <laughs> you know, we're we're not far away. Next week, we'll we'll be towards the end of, well, the, you know, you know, three quarters of the way through July, and then bang, we're ready for for Illinois a, a month from pretty much Fan Day, uh, and. 
I, I'm fired up. I can't wait to see camp, an injury-free camp, because you can guarantee that, Brandon Vogel. I know you can. Uh, an injury-free camp for Nebraska. But I want to see this football team uh, just kind of let it rip, man. Let it rip and, and get out of their own way, because I think there's some talent. Yeah, I, I think so too. It's a it's a really interesting season. I mean, we know the stakes are are pretty high, um, but it's also a season where, like, you could convince me of a number of potential outcomes as as being the most likely, and you know, talk to me long enough, and you might get me to, get me to agree. I, I agree with you. I think there there is ample talent here. I mean, just starting with a conference game, starting a week ahead of the sport at large for the most part, like this is a high stakes opener and and you're right. You know, we're going to have media days uh, a a week from today and then we're going to be into fall camp. And once you hit fall camp, those, those last couple of weeks just melt away because you're deep in the news cycle. And all of a sudden we're going to be in game week with, with a game that's not like, Oh, Hey, you know, I'm interested to see this. I'm interested to see this. And, and Nebraska is most likely going to win. Um, no, there's there's going to be some questions. You're going to go on the road and beat a Big Ten team. Vogues, are you buying Iowa State or are you still in in Oklahoma's corner? Or do you have a, diff, a different take here, about 30 seconds? I'm, I'm buying Iowa State. Like, they're super sound, super impressive. It's just – kind of similar to Ohio State and the, the Big Ten. Oklahoma's built up such a lead on the rest of that conference. It's just, it's really hard not to not to pick the Sooners year in and year out. But I think Iowa State's going to be there. Brandon Vogel. Vogels will talk Saturday. But, uh, thanks for the time today. Thank you. All right, there he is, Brandon Vogel, managing editor, his book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Uh, we're here at Haymarket on a Thursday with Hale Varsity. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, here at Haymarket Park, uh, just a gorgeous setting and scene, um, Memorial Stadium in the backdrop, I think an Elijah Herbal uh, straightaway shot away. Is that fair? Is that is that your muscle level for for going either oppo or, or straightaway? Or were you, were you much into baseball? I know you call balls and strikes, but did you play? Uh, hitting was my worst trait, and it's why I quit baseball young. I could pitch decent. I was a pretty good fielder. I could not hit a round ball with a round bat and know where it was going to save my soul. I was terrible at hitting. So uh, that was my they problem. They stuck you at first, didn't they? <laughs> oh, uh, in youth baseball, they stuck me in they right field. <laughs> oh, no. but, but listen, man, no, that doesn't no. make sense. That doesn't make sense for you. Like, I, I get like the the most awkward athlete at times. Of course, not obviously not on the Lincoln A's. We've got like speed demons in the outfield. It's sweet, but the Elijah Herbal era. Um, you, you know, you're 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 lanky. You're big. You're lumbering because <laughs> you're an offensive lineman, right? They, they, I mean, they, they stuck me at catcher more than first, unfortunately. So, okay. Well, that would make sense. That would make sense to throw you at catcher or first because you were probably seven feet tall in, in like, you know, when you were 12. Yeah, that, that's fair. I, I was the tallest in my fifth grade class, if you were wondering. Uh, no, I, I, I get it. I yeah. get it. Uh, but I, I am seeing, I just got an email through that, the uh, the ESPN Lincoln uh, celebrity softball game at Haymarket's coming up here in a couple weeks. So maybe I'll get a show off that power again. I missed that 
one year, I was out of town, missed it another year because we didn't have it because of COVID. And then three years ago, I had the bleeping shingles. <laughs> so I sent Junior out there, and Junior played. So Wait, we need to get him going again this year. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We, now, we need to win over Broadcast House. Well, the, th- the, thing, the thing with Junior is he's going to try and pull this name, image, and likeness crap and want a paycheck to go, to go play. I know he will. I that mean, kind of- is it, does he deserve it, though? That's my question. Softball's a different game than baseball. Oh, I know. No, I mean, you, you give me – think about uh, think about the era, and this may have been before your time. Last time I covered softball in depth was probably about 20 years ago. I got a chance to, to do play-by-play when Peaches James was at Nebraska. And one year I got to fill in and do play-by-play for, for the Oscar women's softball team with Coach Ravel and company, and they were, they were awesome. They were incredible. They won the Big 12. They won the Big 12 tournament down in Oklahoma City. So I was doing radio for that. And then uh, they just had a regional in Iowa City, right? So they go win that, and then they're bang, they're they're in the uh, the women's college World Series, and and they played Florida State, and they played either Arizona, I think it was Arizona, and uh, you had Jesse Sapulo, the old uh, 49er offensive lineman. His daughter at the time was a was an incredible pitcher uh, Gary Carter the late great catcher for the Mets and Expos his daughter was incredible for Florida State and then there's Jenny Finch I mean just uh, one of the most uh, beautiful women ever that's six foot and a flamethrower uh, on the on the in the circle for softball and being able to interview her and then Nebraska didn't go as far as they wanted but they played great great softball and it was just a, an experience but yeah softball was fun uh, we're not far from from the softball complex here at Haymarket. So we're talking Trev Alberts, and we're talking Nebraska and direction. We've got a cut here as we, we talk to Trev off and on with uh, with different Nebraska games. And, and Trev was, was quiet and, and private about, you know, Nebraska football during the changes, during the shifts, because his job was at UNO, and his job was to support UNO. He answered that yesterday. But we did catch up with him during the pandemic, and we had a lot of fun with these YouTube Tuesdays. We may bring those back. And YouTube Tuesday, one of the games was the UCLA game, 1993. Nebraska won that 14-13, to and it was, uh, it was a really good UCLA team. They turned out to be a really good team and a uh, very underrated win. But Treb talked about that, that 93 team, and, you know, he spent plenty of time about loving nebraska and one of those reasons the love nebraska was the undying fan support none of us including me were perfect uh but by and large i thought we had a a good group of young men who uh were brought together with one common goal really kind of motivated and pushed along by you know the state and our alumni and fans who uh, cared so deeply about the university and the program and sort of helped us will our way to some victories that perhaps we maybe even shouldn't have had, but that's what made playing at the University of Nebraska so much fun. Uh, it, you know, football at the University of Nebraska matters, um, and it matters just beyond the wins and losses. It, it matters to the state. It matters to the local economy, and it, it just flat out matters. So when you want to be a part of something, you want to be a part of something that uh, everybody's all in on, unified, and working together. And I think, by and large, you know, we, that's the kind of team we had. Trev Alberts, <laughs> right on, man. Football matters economically, uh, for sure. 
uh, from a morale standpoint? What's your mood like? Hey, mood's always a little better when you, you got a 10-win football team or uh, you, you're hurt because they lost, but, man, what a great effort they gave. It'd be, it'd be good to see Nebraska football get back to that, and we'll see if, if 2021's that opportunity. Uh, Elijah, let's let's talk about one of those uh, mile marker games, Oklahoma-Nebraska. Bob Bowlesby is the Big 12 commissioner. I'd love to get Ed Stewart's take on this as the deputy commissioner, but he wasn't asked. But the early kickoff time was a topic of conversation as you had uh, uh, Joe Castiglione, the AD for OU, lose it when it, when it was Sooner Gate time uh, earlier this spring with uh, the, 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 the thought that Nebraska was trying to reschedule or back out of, of the OU game. Well, long and short story, the 11 o'clock kickoff was, <laughs> was panned by those uh, down in Soonerland. And Bob Bowlesby was asked about it, and his take was this, uh, in, in, in totally proper commissioner terms, he admitted that he preferred a later kickoff time. Can't you just see a guy in a sport coat and a tie saying, well, I prefer a later kickoff time, but you know what? We've got to honor our media rights contract uh, from OU's position. It's, it's a marquee game. It's Nebraska, it's Oklahoma. We'd like to see it in prime time. That's what Coach Switzer's echoed. That's what what Joe Castiglione's echoed. Uh, I'm sure Lincoln Riley's echoed that. There's been a lot of night games, and it does suck that Nebraska and OU aren't later. Now, if you're you're Nebraska or a Nebraska fan, um, the last time you played OU at night didn't go so well, and Sam Bradford's slinging touchdowns, and it's – 62 to 28 pick six first pick six first play of the game uh night games uh i i think they ramp up the difficulty level like tenfold that's kind of my take i'll take 11 o'clock elijah and, and on top of that i mean whenever this uh this got announced i was looking and like the stats will tell you that you actually get more viewership for those 11 a.m games anyway that's what the tv markets want to do and I, I get why the the commissioners and like me personally as a fan would prefer a night game but the eyes will be there and, and the stations make more money whenever they have that game at 11 a.m so can i really fault them I, I don't think so just because some of the most viewed games of all of college football last year were at 11 a.m now fox is going with their big noon we know that it was talked about and asked at, at Big 12 Media Days down in Jerry World. And you had the Big 12 commissioner make some comments about it. I, I, it should be prime time, but, you know, TV, they pay us. So we'll, uh, we'll be quiet. We'll wind down hour one here at Haymarket. Uh, Jimmy Burrow, longtime assistant to Coach Solich on the way. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, we're at Haymarket Park. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Thursday. We were scheduled for a doubleheader with the Lincoln A's, Juniors baseball team, and a couple of teams coming in. Uh, Mother Nature not cooperating with an inch plus of rainfall. So we will reschedule here at the uh, the wonderful ballpark of Haymarket uh, in the near future. But uh, I can't thank... Um, juniors coaches enough for putting this together uh, as uh, you know one of the uh, the last few games they'll have we got to go back to Iowa Elijah here after media days for a, for a tournament but 
Um, it's been a good run for for uh, for baseball with uh, Junior in this group. The Lincoln A's love the franchise and organization. So uh, we'll uh, hear from Jimmy Burrow coming up at 5 o'clock. Jimmy, uh, long, long time assistant uh, head coach, defensive coordinator at Ohio. Of course, his son Jamie, part of that uh, that, that team that, that found their way to the national title game uh, in 01 against uh, the Canes. Uh, Jamie Burrow, uh, just a throwback linebacker. And, of course, Jimmy's youngest, uh, a guy named Joe, uh, right now for LSU, formerly of Ohio State, and uh, doing great stuff uh, pre-injury with Cincinnati. So Jimmy Burrow, Joe's papa, coming up here in about uh, 10 minutes or so. Steve Warren, Warren Academy. We'll talk some Nebraska football with him and some of the, the local area talent that will be on uh, a showcase or a, a recruiting showcase, a top 50 showcase coming up here July 28th uh, with Steve Warren and the Warren Academy will be on site for that. And then the pride of Chicago is Danny Burke, Burke's best bets uh, on the way here at 540. And, Reminder uh, about, I realize on. that if uh, if you are not going to be in tomorrow, we might have to do another stake and a beer bet for game five of the NBA finals as well if you're not going to be in. Okay, yeah, so we, we could we do that a, Saturday morning as well, but yeah, we had a golf outing uh, rear its wonderful head uh, tomorrow afternoon, so that's where I'm going to be. I've got to get my practice rounds in for tee off for Treasures, Tyson's Treasure Chest fundraiser golf tournament. Searles uh, is expecting me not to suck as badly <laughs> uh, Saturday morning when uh, we're on site for uh, tee off for Treasures, the eighth annual tee off for Treasures, Tyson's Treasure Chest. Searles and Company, uh, we're at Woodland Hills on Saturday. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've got to get my pra- – Lodge, you get it, right? i got to get my practice round in tomorrow afternoon. Oh, yeah, no, 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 because uh, if you're rusty, then you're just going to be worthless on, on Saturday, and that, you can't have that. This is, I, this I, for can, charity, yeah. I, I cannot disappoint uh, Searles and, and my other teammates, and if I'm not pulling my weight, that means I'm 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 pulling their bush light cooler, <laughs> and and old lineman can handle and hammer bush lights. So it's a heavy Remi- bush light cooler. <laughs> yes, it is. A reminder about buckling up. Please do it. Seventy percent of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska are not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to sixty percent. Your best bet, your best defense in any crash. Buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety. The office. We'll get that steak and a beer bet figured out. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have to do that here. Uh, that's funny. Uh, Brett emails in Schmidt. You can shoot your weight, no problem. That's not very nice. I'm working on my weight and my uh, my golf game. Jimmy Burrow is on the way. Standout Husker, defensive coordinator. At Ohio, some thoughts on Coach Solich, Trev Alberts, and Joe Burrow. Next hour on Hale Varsity. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We're uh, going to talk some football here, some Nebraska, some Coach Solich, and, of course, uh, 
some Joe Burrow. We welcome in uh, proud dad and, and standout Husker and, of course, defensive coordinator with Ohio for a number of years, Coach Jimmy Burrow. Coach, thanks for the time. Let me ask you this. How's vacation? Uh, how's vacation going? <laughs> well, uh, it was great. And then uh, uh, Coach Solitz uh, retired yesterday, so I've, uh, I've done my share of uh, – Zoom uh, interviews and uh, uh, radio interviews uh, over the last couple days, uh, but that's all good. Uh, uh, you know, any anything that I can do to to say great things about uh, Coach Solich, I'm I'm willing to do. But uh, uh, and you can still uh, in Florida, you can still do those things either by the beach or by the pool. So I'm good. <laughs> yeah, beach, pool, golf course. It, it's it's warm. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 nice. Jimmy Burrow's with yeah. us. I you know you have such a great relationship with coach solich uh his defensive coordinator for for a number of years and you know what what what's frank meant to ohio in 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 your eyes can you put into words his his time uh at ohio u well he 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 changed the the culture of of uh ohio university of football and and in doing so uh was able to to promote Ohio University to uh, to another level also with uh, with all the publicity that that he brought to uh, to Ohio and and the success of of our team uh, you know all all of that uh, is is has really uh, helped Ohio University and of course the football program but when we first got there uh, I'm I'm not sure our understanding that that the kids didn't didn't really believe they could win and and uh that's what coach solich is so great at it didn't take long for them to to buy into what uh, a coach was bringing to the table and and uh you know we we went into our first home game believing we could beat pittsburgh uh on national television and and we did so uh uh the, the culture that that he's changed and set in place for uh for the future of uh, ohio football and coach alban is is uh it's really it's unmatched uh, in, anywhere for that matter, and uh, uh, you know there we're going to miss him there in Athens and uh, with the with the football program. But as I said, he's leaving it in good hands, and, and he's leaving it in in a good place. Coach Jimmy Burrows with us, Hale Varsity Radio, remembering Coach Solich as, as as what he did at Ohio, and a lot of Nebraska fans uh, still think fondly of Coach Solich as a player and as a coach. Coach Burrow uh, with with Frank, not to get too into the weeds here, uh, none of my business, but from a health standpoint, um, I know Frank's 77, but, you know, he can he can do more push-ups than most 30-year-olds. He's, he's in incredible shape. But from a health standpoint, is, 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 is this the right time, uh, in your opinion, for Coach to be stepping down, for Coach Solich to step away? Well, since he's doing it and, and he's made that decision, then, then I'm going to say uh, – he, he he believes it's the right time, mm-hmm. and uh, as as you know, and and, and most everybody that uh, that has a relationship to him, he doesn't share a lot of things uh, uh, personally, mm-hmm. even even with uh, uh, privately with with his closest uh, uh, friends and and uh, uh, people that he that he really trusts. But uh, you know, I I know that there's there's a reason that he's that he's he's chosen to do it, and and again. Uh, if he says it's the right time, then uh, that's good enough for me. Jimmy Burrows with us. Uh, Jimmy, what what did you think when you when you made the jump from from North Dakota State to, to Ohio? 
in North Dakota State, incredible program. You also, a lot of years at Washington State and Iowa State, also your career, of course, in, in Lincoln. But what was, what was that experience like for you uh, with Ohio? Well, uh, Coach Alvin was, uh, had joined us at uh, North Dakota State. So, uh, uh, you know, Coach, Coach Solich, uh, he'd actually come to a game and watched us play, I think, Cal Poly and, and, uh, uh, in his, in his year off. And, you know, we, we had, we certainly had a good football team and, and, uh, offensively and defensively. And, and, uh, so he, when he took the job at Ohio, he, he offered, uh, uh, him the offensive coordinator job and me the defensive coordinator job and and you know we knew that uh, from from visiting with him that he was really that year off that had uh, re-energized him and and really uh you know got got that competitive spirit going again and and uh uh you know he was he was very optimistic and you know i've been around him a lot in recruiting and and he does a great job selling his program and and without us knowing really anything about uh, Ohio University, uh, he, he didn't have to sell us on Ohio University. He just had to, to sell us that it was the right place for, for him. And uh, knowing that he bought in, uh, you know, made a big difference to, to Tim and I, and, and uh, we joined him. But even when we got there, uh, we, we weren't really prepared for, for uh, where the program was. But uh, we, we still thought with Coach Solich's leadership that you know, we could turn that thing around fairly quickly, and you know, to me, to to, to join uh, you know, Coach Solich, I mean, he'd been so so big uh, part of our our family, uh, mm-hmm. coaching Jamie, coaching Dan, uh, and and then getting me really back into uh, Division One uh, coaching football at, at Nebraska after my tenure at, at Iowa State. So you know, we we hit. Hits uh, a ride with with who we thought uh, was a, not only a great football coach but but a great person and uh, and it and it really played out very positively for me and and Tim and and uh, both of our families. Jimmy Burrows with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, uh, longtime assistant defensive coordinator, associate head coach uh, for Ohio under Coach Solich. Uh, coach stepping down yesterday, and uh, last thought on on Coach Solich. Coach Burrow, I mean, Solich was such an incredible recruiter, obviously a phenomenal position coach, really good head coach as well. But Frank was so good at recruiting, not only eyeing talent, but he just seemed to be one of many high-level recruiters Coach Osborne had. And what, what, was, what stuck out to you about, about Frank's ability to recruit? And I just think all the, all the Jersey guys he connected with. Well, I think when when he stepped into a, uh, a home, uh, it, he he became uh, just his personality and his professionalism. Uh, right right away, the the families uh, felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. The, the recruit felt comfortable, and and you know he's not a, a big self promoter, but just just listening to him uh, sell whether it was Nebraska football or or Ohio University football. I think he trusted him, and uh, that's a big part of recruiting. And I, I've been through it uh, as a coach and, and mm-hmm. as a parent, and that's uh, that's a big part of, of the decision made by by a young man is can you can you trust the head coach, and uh, can you trust what he's telling us and, and selling? And uh, he was tremendous at that. Um, 
I never saw him use notes. Uh, I never saw him as we were going to the house in a car review any notes. It was just Coach Solich uh, being being Coach Solich and uh, uh, always was well prepared in his mind. You know what what he had to get done in the in the in the home and uh, it was. I learned so much every time I was in a visit with him, and and uh, uh, you know even the, the up until now he he's still uh, they got a great recruiting class that just came in, and and he was still on top of his game. That's impressive. Uh, Jimmy Burrows with us, Hale Varsity Radio, longtime assistant at Ohio Husker standout. So, coach, uh, thoughts on on Trev? Uh, that was uh, Coach Solich retires. Trev is. Having a presser at eleven, uh, I got to do a one on one, a one on one with Trev yesterday. It was great to get caught back up with him. And uh, as a as a Husker, what do you think of Trev making his way back to Lincoln? Right. Well, first of all, full full dis- disclosure: uh, Bill Moose and I were, were very close friends. We worked together at at Washington State University. Uh, he was our Cougar Club director when I worked for Jim Walden there for for seven years. So. You know, I was I was excited when <clears throat> Bill took the job, and uh, I was disappointed when when he did leave. But mm-hmm. uh, knowing Trev, he had spent a week with us uh, at uh, Ohio University once, sitting in on our defensive meetings uh, many years ago, and got to know him. And I think it's great that that somebody who played football at, uh, at Nebraska, former player, is is now running the program, and and I'm excited. Uh, about the direction that that I know he'll he'll uh, uh, take all all sports mm-hmm. and uh, certainly uh, a, a former player has a lot of insight in in what what made that program successful uh, under Coach Osborne and and uh, under Coach Solich and and uh, you know Coach uh, Scott Frost is is, is going to get it get it going and and I'm sure uh, Trails has has some ideas about all that and he's he's. He's proven that he, uh, you know, he can he can manage uh, uh, an entire uh, uh, sports uh, athletic department mm-hmm. and done it done it well. So uh, I think it's, uh, it's I think it's great, and uh, uh, you know, we certainly uh, wishing good luck. We have three former players in our family with me, Jamie and Dan, and uh, uh, um, my wife now is from Nebraska, and and. Uh, uh, you know, so uh, we're excited about it. I think it's a good, good hire. With Bill Moose, and we always, uh, every chance I had a ten, uh, time to, to talk with Bill Moose, I always enjoyed it. And uh, you think Bill's just going to enjoy retirement on, on the ranch? What What do you see from Bill here in the future? I think that's probably it. I haven't uh, spoken with him other than a, a text or two since uh, since he left Nebraska, but. Uh, I, I know well, he, he's already been close to retiring uh, mm-hmm. uh, several years ago, I think, before he took the Nebraska job. So he's looking forward, I'm sure, to the ranch in uh, uh, in Washington. And and uh, uh, you know he's 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 put in a lot of great years at a lot of great universities and been very successful. I think in in his mind, uh, he's leaving Nebraska in a in, in a better place than it was. And and uh, He's, uh, I'm sure he's content with uh, uh, what he accomplished there. Jimmy, are are you? I know you're you're locked in on on Joe and and his season. We'll get there in one second. But are you going to get to any Nebraska games? You're just going to watch from afar. How do you how do you treat the, the Nebraska element well, of football during the fall? 
Well, the last game uh, we we did uh, uh, we were guests with Bill and his and his uh, uh, athletic uh, athletic director uh, suite for the Ohio State game. Okay. So uh, uh, we we got a chance to to be there a few years ago. Joe wasn't at Ohio State anymore, for I, so I was fully invested in in rooting for the Huskers against the Buckeyes. <laughs> so uh, it didn't turn out very well, but uh, we'll try to get back. You know, Jamie, uh, my son lives in uh, Omaha, and uh, most of my uh, uh, wife's relatives are, are uh, throughout the state there. So uh, I, I'd like to I'd like to get back. Uh, you know, I, I I got that particular day. I got to visit with Coach Osborne and. And that was great, uh, you know. So, and, and I still stay in touch with some of the players. So maybe one of these reunions. I think there's one coming up uh, here this fall. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll try to get back. I, I still uh, would like to come to some games, but I like to go to the Bobcat games. Still will. Mm-hmm. I want to go to LSU and and see all the Bengal games. Mm-hmm. So, if there's fans this year, I'm going to be busy. You are. You get an RV and, a, and an airfare, and you're, you're a happy guy going to football games every weekend. Coach Jimmy Burrows with us. Last thought, how's Joe doing? Uh, I, I just loved watching him play ball and, and felt so sick with the injury. But, man, oh, man, uh, what tenacity he's he's gone after the, the rehab with. And just seeing some stuff on social media, he looks pretty strong. And I know he's, he's, th- he's been throwing. How, how are things with Joe? He's uh, progressing well. He's he's uh, able to work out uh, down here with us on vacation uh, with his strength coach. Um, you know he's 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 not a hundred percent, but but he's he's moving in that direction. His goal is to start the first game, and uh, he's, we think he's on track to to do that. I mean, there's there's over two months uh, un, until first game against the Vikings, uh, so. He participated in mini camp and, and the uh, uh, the OTAs and and uh, was able to do most most everything. Certainly, you know there were certain uh, drills he was limited in, and he uh, plans on the 27th, I believe, of July to to again pick up where he left off in the in the last uh, mini camp. And you know they're they're excited and uh, we're excited again. We only got to go to four games last year, mm-hmm. so we're. We're planning on, I think there's 17 this year, plus the playoffs, right? So yeah. we're, uh, we're going to a lot. One last thing about Coach Solich, he was mm-hmm. the first to offer Joe as a quarterback. He, he takes he, he takes a lot of pride in, in, the, uh, <laughs> in, in saying he was the, he was the first. And, and I, I haven't mentioned this a lot over the years, but if Ohio State had, would not have uh, probably offered, uh, he had Joe had many many uh power five mm-hmm. offers but uh he loved the bobcats i think if it hadn't been for ohio state he'd have probably played for coach and uh and became a, a, a bobcat back then but wow. uh, you know it, it turned out good uh for him uh, at lsu and uh the bengals uh you know another nebraska and zach taylor he, mm-hmm. he loves uh, uh coach taylor uh, and and i've had some conversations with him i knew him when he was at the university of cincinnati so uh, I, I've I've known him for for several years and and uh, but he's he should be good to go for that first game. Well, we're looking forward to it. We're really uh, cheering for Joe, obviously, and and of course Zach and uh, big Bengal fans with uh, with Joe. Uh, Jimmy, you take care. Enjoy your vacation, Coach. Thanks for a few minutes today. All right, go Bengals, go Bobcats, and go Huskers. <laughs>
And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Steve Warren with us, great Husker, and the Warren Academy going. Steve, it looks like there's some some training going on. How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. I'm uh, amongst athletes working out this morning and coaches getting them right, so I'm doing good. Well, that's that's awesome, and and Steve, it's been uh, busy for you, obviously, with uh, the Warren Academy, the training, the performance. Uh, all the help you're doing, the, of course, uh, Dream Foundation. And, Steve, I want to talk a little bit here about what's coming up here the 28th. We're excited to be on site for it with Hale Varsity Radio. But the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the showcase, the Future 50 Media Day, tell folks a little bit about it, what's going to be happening. There's a lot of really talented prospects in the area. Yeah, we're really excited about this. Our Future 50, future 50 Media Day. Um, Soldier Sports and McAvick Physical Therapy are our presenting sponsors. Um, it's, it's, it's essentially what it is. That's what it sounds like. It's a media day. We're having um, people like yourself out. Well, you guys are going to be there doing your radio show and other writers and recruiting agencies out, um, you know, interviewing these kids. And, and it's kind of a fall preview is the way we're looking at it. And these are the top 50 kids in Nebraska and southwest Iowa. So this is the group of kids that, that we're – you know, putting on notice for the college recruiters and the fans, um, you know, letting them know these are the top kids in the state. These are kids that you should be looking at. Um, these are the, this is the future. This is the, next, this is the next generation coming out. Steve Warren's with us. Hale Varsity Radio, Dream Foundation, Warren Academy, uh, former Packer, national champion, uh, all Big 12 performer, Nebraska Hall of Famer, at Steve underscore Warren 96 on Twitter is where you follow him. Steve, what what is... What has impressed you about uh, some of these athletes, some of these kids? We, uh, we think of Thomas Fedoni. We think of Henrich. We think of some of the kids that, that are in Lincoln now. You have a bunch of other kids you've worked with that are at some other power programs around the country. Uh, with these 50 we're talking about here, what, what kind of tag can you put on this 2021-2022 this group? It's another talented group. Again, Another year where you've got great tight ends coming out, right? You've got, uh, you've got Micah Riley and Caden Helms and the Braden Thomasons. Uh, it, it's, it, it's a good group of tight ends, um, a talented bunch of linemen. Um, Deshaun Woods, of course, being the top prospect in the state. Uh, Devin Jackson, outside linebacker. It's another talented group of football players. Um, I'm excited to, to meet a lot of these kids. I've, I've worked with a good number of them. I know a good number of them, but – there's a good group across the state that we don't get to see all the time. So it's going to be interesting to get to meet them and talk to them and see where their head is at um, and see what, they're, see what they're looking at for the future and what colleges are look, talking to them and where they're thinking about going for, uh, for college themselves. So it's, it's, it's a good group. These, these are just big, strong, fast, talented. Steve, I remember talking last year with you and your advice uh, so keen for, for many of these kids – and uh, they'll lean on on parents. They'll lean on uh, coaches, and and they'll they'll lean on you as far as you know. What's your take on things? And it, it's it's there's the fairy tale, and then there's the reality, isn't there? When it comes to the recruiting process versus day one on campus, uh, kids got to be prepared for all of it, don't they? Yeah, they do. They have to be prepared for so much more than we had to be prepared for when I was coming into college. <laughs> Um, social media and now the NIL with uh, the their licensing agreements where they can use their likeness and 
um, get their branding to where they want it, to where they can make some money off of it. So they've got a lot on their plate. Um, but most of these kids are ready for it. Uh, they're they're uh, a mature group. Most of the guys that I know, and they've been kind of preparing for this stuff. But you never know what it's like until you get there. And college football is all fun and dandy in the recruiting process, and then you get to campus the first day and everything changes. It's not all love and hugs and, and giggles. It's all work, <laughs> um, sacrifice, and, you know, making sure that you're holding each other accountable and uh, doing the right things so you can get on the field and play. Who was your roommate? Like, what was that like that first moment of college kind of kind of wow moment? Was it was it the dorm? Was it your roommate? Or was it that first practice? Uh, it was the first practice. Uh, for me, it was it was the first practice for sure because coming out of high school, you used to be in the biggest, strongest, fastest kid on the field every night, every practice. And then you get to practice and you're surrounded by dudes that are bigger, stronger, faster than you and more talented. So it was it was that practice for me. I had to get out there and, and figure out the speed of the game right away. Well, how was it? Did you love it or were you like, oh, no? I loved it because it was <laughs> – I'm competitive. Um, so I like the challenge. Um, I like going against the better guys. It was never really fun for me going against, you know, weaker competition um, because it just wasn't much of a challenge. But when I got to Nebraska, you know, it was a challenge right away. So I thrived in just being a part of that competitive nature. I had to learn how to work harder. Mm. Um, I had to learn what that meant, showing up every day, every practice. Um, so that was the hardest part for me is, is, is learning how to, you know, be a – high-level college athlete, day in, day out, in the classroom, on the field, um, in the weight room. Steve Warren's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Steve, get to switch gears, and don't forget the 28th of July, the uh, Future 50 Media Day, top 50 prospects in uh, Nebraska and southwest Iowa. Steve, uh, a thought here on, on Trev Alberts coming home. His uh, introduction was yesterday. Yeah, so Trev, I think that's an exciting hire. It's um, always good to get somebody back in the fold that, that's been um, a part of the program before um, so they know what to expect from the state of Nebraska and the expectations. Um, you know, it, it's of course, everybody knows the controversy he went through at, at UNO mm-hmm. with uh, getting rid of the wrestling program and the football program, but I think what that says to me is he's able to make the hard decisions to do what's right, what he feels like is right for the program. Um, and that's a lot. That's tough sometimes for leaders to make those tough decisions. Um, that you know is not going to be popular, but you know that it's probably best for the long run. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. He's got his, he's got his work cut out for him, um, but uh, I know he's got the experience, and I'm, I'm praying for him. I'm hoping that he, that he gets it turned around because we all want to see Nebraska back at the top in all sports. You know, I look at, at the coaches he's got to he's got to work with and work for, and they got to you know have a great relationship. That's the dream, right? You have a wonderful relationship between coworkers and and there's respect between boss and and someone that's uh, that's working for someone i, I the, the the thing i get out of out of trev is i think he's going to be a really probably pretty good communicator steve and i think there's also going to be a, a standard and, and a high level of accountability and you know some some folks need it some don't but the fact that it'll be there's is, is pretty important, pretty impressive, and I think that's something that can help Nebraska forward. Yeah, I think, I think being able to communicate um, is key, right, in, in, all, in all aspects of life, at, at home, in the workplace. 
Um, but especially in, you know, a, a corporate setting or a high-level setting like college athletics, you got to be able to communicate with the people that you're trying to help um, better a program or better an organization. Um, and he seems like he's got that down under control. Um, so I, I, think it's, I think it's a good hire. Um, I think it's a safe hire. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, I'm, I'm just hoping for the best. We'll get you out of here on this. Steve Warren's with us. Dream Foundation, of course, the Warren Academy. And uh, can find Steve on Twitter uh, at uh, Steve Warren, at uh, Steve underscore Warren 96, at Dream underscore org. And, of course, at the one at, at Warren underscore Academy on Twitter. Coach Solich, and uh, you came in uh, the second to last year with Coach Osborne there. Coach Solich takes over. Uh, your senior year, an incredible run. You finished number two in the country, and Solich was wearing the headset. What what a career for for Coach Solich! What do you remember about him? Uh, I just remember him being a very um, strong, very very strong leader. Um, he walked into the room. He's not a huge guy, right? But when he walked into the room, he still had the presence. Um, that people respected him when he walked in. Um, he was a great coach to the players, somebody you could talk to, uh, somebody that was easy to talk to, which is which was key. Um, and you knew that he cared about you and that he loved you and that he wanted the best for you, but at the same time, he was going to make sure that you were doing right and that everybody around us in the program was doing the right thing so we could be successful on the field. He was pretty demanding i would imagine but in a good way and a guy you wanted to please type way and what did you notice about that first year where he's taken over for to um you know it was the first year when he was taking over i think that he was trying to figure out um you know how to keep things the same Mm -hmm. um as far as what we were doing practice wise and training wise but still trying to figure out you know who he was as a head coach and trying to put his stamp on it. Um, and I think he did a good job of it. Of course, our, our, our first year wasn't the best year. I think we finished, what, 9-4, and four? Um, which is, you know, these days would be, most people would love that. Steve, but you just said 9-4. It, um, it, it wasn't the greatest, but, you know, the next year, my senior year, we came out and um, finished, finished in the top five. And, you know, we were hoping to play for a national championship. That didn't happen, but we were right there in the, in the hunt. And uh, we know you won the Big 12, and, he, he was just a great coach. He was somebody that you wanted to play for. Steve Warren's with us. The Warren Academy and, of course, the uh, the showcase, the Future 50 uh, happening July 28th. And, uh, Steve, real quick, uh, the sponsors again and the over-under on a on a fullback siding named Makovica. <laughs> you know, I think, I think we're going to see him. I think we'll see him that day. He's actually uh, been by the Academy in the last couple of weeks. Um, to check on us and to see how we're doing. You know, we, we, he and I go way back. We were teammates at, at Nebraska and somebody that I've talked to through this process of doing the academy and looked at doing different stuff with. So uh, I, I think we're going to see Joel there. I think it's a good possibility. Joel McAvicka sighting. I give Joel so much trouble. Like, you know, are you working or are you golfing? And uh, it, it, <laughs> it'll, it'll be nice to see him at the Academy. Steve, it'll be great to see you. Thanks so much for giving us a few minutes, including us uh, with the Warren Academy in this upcoming showcase. Best to you and all you do with the kids. Thanks, Steve. Chris, I appreciate you having us. Uh, Looking forward to seeing you in a few weeks. 
Steve Warren, uh, Warren Academy, and uh, man, that's going to be fantastic. That uh, that showcase, top fifty athletes, a lot of local talent in Omaha, in Lincoln, in, in Southwest Iowa, and of course around uh, the state. Frankly, it's a wonderful high level of, of talent. You see some of that talent going outside the border. You have some of that talent just uh, in my view right now. Uh, as I look at Memorial Stadium, we're here at Haymarket Park. Uh, Roadshow Thursday, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Danny Burke, Pride of Chicago, the VEASAN Sports Network. We'll get Danny's take on the NBA Finals, Suns, Bucks, betting trends. What's he liking for Major League Baseball in the second half? And uh, some numbers here from Danny Burke on the way with Hale Varsity. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back, back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I have missed the pride of Chicago. I have missed Danny Burke, Burke's best bets. He is back from vacation. He is back from birthday and he's back to, well, to, to pick them right. Uh, Rush Hour is Danny's show. You check that out on the VEASAN Sports Network. And you can find Danny at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter and iHeartMedia. Pride of Chicago, happy belated. Appreciate it, Schmitty. No, thank you for the kind words. It was, was a great birthday. Spent it with a bunch of friends. We had a trip out to Florida at a friend's place in Bonita Springs. Spent some time in Naples as well. So uh, we made the most of it. Avoided uh, the almost Hurricane Elsa and, you know, turned into the tropical storm and it's way up east. And we only had like one day of bad weather and enjoyed the rest. So it was a lot of fun. Golf, pool, dolphins, jet skiing, the Wolf of Wall Street boat. I mean, it's it's really it's pretty <laughs> awesome to be Danny Burt. <laughs> hey, we we have our good days from time to time, but you know, it's those sets don't catch. I could change everything, so that's what it all depends around. Well, let's uh, dive into the NBA. What do you make of this so far? Now, bragging, uh, I, I I had or you know it was short lived, but I had a two to one stake in a beer advantage over over Elijah with uh, with some picks but how about uh, how about Milwaukee's resilience last night or is that something we should talk about so honestly even before game four Schmitty I kind of had the sentiment that this series seemed like a, a, a just really a series that the home team was going to win every game it, ha- it had that feel now mm-hmm. we gave the two game sample size for each and Look, the Suns had their opportunities but you can't win a game like that when Chris Paul is just playing brutally, to put it just honestly just blunt out there. I mean, he was terrible. His turnovers, what, he had 15 this finals, and I saw whatever crazy stat it was, and he only had however amount until the finals, which was obviously a lot lower, but man, I mean, what's going on with Chris Paul here these past couple games in terms of the turnovers? And honestly, even with just his points production, he wasn't taking many shots, and I get it, he's a facilitator, but you know, this is also the salty guy in me who bet Chris Paul to win MVP several times, hoping he steps up. But the thing is, you really do need him to step up in that type of situation. You need your veteran guy, when you have a lead on the road, in a crucial game to where you can clinch it the next game, to step up and start making plays. But honestly, he just looks so flustered out there, and he's turning the ball over, can't dribble, missing shots, whatever it may be. He was having a bad game. So we know how great Booker was, great bounce-back performance. It's it's tough with Aiton out there because he gets in foul trouble and then didn't really play the whole third quarter, but still they didn't need him because the Suns were doing fine in the third quarter for the most part. 
But look, the Bucks once it started getting close toward the end of the fourth and you got guys like Pat Connaughton making shots and Middleton finally starts getting his group, it was the Bucks game to lose at that point. So, look, Milwaukee had the advantage. I'm not surprised they won. That was kind of the strategy we were talking about on the show that, you know, Phoenix got out to an early lead instead of laying the five at the closing line with Milwaukee, looked to live betting them, and that's exactly the scenario that we watched unfold. Now, for game five, Schmitty, it looks like we're seeing a lot of these spreads at about four or so. Money line, you can get as low as about maybe minus 170, minus 174. Uh, it's probably going to move up in favor of Phoenix initially, even four and a half in some spots. I think Phoenix bounces back. Now, I wouldn't be afraid to lay about, if you can get like minus 170, that's probably the highest I would go somewhere around there to betting Phoenix so you don't have to sweat out the spread as much. But I do think the Suns get a nice boost from the home crowd. I think they get some camaraderie. I think you see a bounce-back performance from Chris Paul and get back to, you know, just Phoenix Suns basketball because the Bucks have struggled on the road a little bit, and Giannis does too. So I think the Suns get a bounce-back game. And obviously, look, the series probably goes to seven, and I think Phoenix wins it at seven. I think they could. Booker's too much. Paul was not great last night. I think Giannis has been incredible. That's Captain Obvious. But for him to... All right, what's his health going to be like? And then you move forward, and you just got to go, wow, with with how much of a force he's been. But uh, good insight and perspective. Danny Burke's with us, the pride of Chicago. Burke's best bet. Some thoughts on the NBA. Hail Varsity Radio. Danny's show is Rush Hour. And uh, be sure to check that out uh, with the VEASAN Sports Network, over 100 affiliates across the country. And, of course, uh, the, uh, the iHeart Media app is where you can hear Danny six to seven weeknights. Danny, uh, as you look forward to, to the second half of Major League Baseball, any trends or uh, tricks, I guess, not not necessarily tricks, but just some insight here. What's what's the the takeaway? And is there a team you're you're going to keep riding? Is there a team you're running from? Or what do you what do you project here for this second half when it comes to betting some baseball? So we actually had a segment on this yesterday on the show, our city, and we were just kind of doing a halfway stop. It's just a soft reset of the MLB season and what to look forward to. And we were going over all these divisions, and you know, honestly, the only division bet that I would maybe entertain would be in the AL East and bet the Rays plus one thirty. They've got a plus 85 run differential and the best pitching in the division. They went on a 6-1 surge heading into the break, just allowing about 2.3 runs per game. Now, the Red Sox are about a game and a half ahead, but I don't want to lay a price like minus 129 with Boston. So for the fact that you could still get the Rays at plus 130, only a game and a half back for the whole second half of the season to look forward to, with who I believe is a better team, I think that would be the best squad to look forward to betting in terms of decisions because a lot of these are completely skewed right now, so I'm going to kind of wait to see if any teams can keep it close and then attack again. But right now, I like the race to win the AL East. And then we were just looking because Steve uh, Mackinac does great work with us at Beast, and he kind of wrote this article where he went over unusual situational uh, trends and records to look out for. For example, uh, the Cubs. You know, this is a team that's thriving at the friendly confines. They're plus 9.5 units, 28 and 17 at home, as opposed to 16 and 29 on the road where they're losing in minus 10.35 units. Uh, a team like Boston has been great against right-handed pitching, plus 17 units. 
versus lefties are only plus 1.3 units. And another one, I mean, you don't think the bet this team, but how about the Texas Rangers? Against left-handed pitching, Schmidt, either 17 and 13 plus 11 units versus righties, they're 18 and 42 minus 19 units. And another one that stuck out tremendously, Colorado should never be bet away from Coors Field. At home, they're 31 and 17, almost plus 20 units for you. On the road, they're 9 and 34 minus 22 units. So, uh, if you want to check more of that out, go to vcom slash subscribe because you can get the article in the daily email. But it's just trends like that that really stuck out the most, and that's kind of what I'm honing in. I'm looking into the second half of the season. You know what? Those are some numbers to pay attention to. You're always going to wave that that white W flag as a Cubs, uh, a proud Cubs fan. But brother, are you uh, are you finding it frustrating this season to to keep cheering for him, or do you never doubt? There's always next season or next game. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. I guess like maybe since um, what was it, 2018, when they lost that just one game series against the Rockies I think it was after that I'm like you know what all right I'm I'm not continuously getting my hopes up for this Cubs team because it was evident and it's clear that as fun as they are during the regular season well not even I mean they're frustrating during the regular season but as fun as they can be they're just going to let you down because they've never lived up to the hype of having that consistency from the core from 2016. So even this year, you know, they started off slow. They got in a hot streak, and they almost had me, Schmitty. They almost did. I was holding out for so long saying I'm not falling into the trap. Everyone else had already done it. There are a lot of people, I guess, your generic fans, with the sports better than me where you got to take your bias and emotion out of it. They're like, ah, just wait. Something's going to happen. The bullpen was great to watch. The starting pitching stunk. The hitting is what we typically see, and that's just up and down and up and down. So, look, their season's not going to go anywhere. I just hope they can get a viable reset and do it in the right way. That's all you can hope for at this point if you truly want long-term success for the Cubs. Danny Burks with us. Pride of Chicago. We'll check in uh, next time. Thanks for the time today. You bet, Smitty. Take care, my friend. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time here at Haymarket Park, uh, Roadshow Thursday, uh, cloudy off to the, uh, the east. But uh, I, I see several spots on the berms where a, a hot tub or a swim spa would look incredible here. Maybe nestled between some of the pine trees. We say hi to Deb the Spa Lady, Home Innovation Spas, 20th and Highway 2, off Industrial Road in Omaha, 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln, spasonline.com. Deb, you've probably got a, a good idea where a spa or several could fit out in the outfield here. How are you? Yes, we do. We've we've thought about that. That would be a good idea. And then maybe a home run plop, you know, down in the in the uh, the hot tub. I don't know. It's just a thought. But yeah, there's a lot of spas out there right now. And just as as we speak, you know, people are sitting in their spas. They've gotten home from work. They're relaxing, unwinding, and they're listening to us, thinking, "Ah, oh, wish I had a hot tub." Got to do it, and you can uh, can kind of check that temperature, whether it's uh, a 1,000% humidity, make it a little bit more of a cold tub. And uh, when it comes to, to some, some of those fall nights uh, during football season or even into the wintertime, crank that heat back up 
and uh, and enjoy. But uh, Deb, tell us about the swim spa. I know the Olympics are around the corner, and uh, man, uh, swim spas can can take care of that workout, but also the relaxation. That's nice. That's so true because a swim spa is something that you can use year-round. It's not like a pool that you have to shut it down after three months, then start it back up in the spring. You use this swim spa year-round. And if you're training or wanting to be on a swim team or something, that would be perfect because you could train every day whenever you want. Deb, uh, what are some of the hours folks can come find you? Uh, I know 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln, uh, Industrial Road, Omaha, spasonline.com. The, the website's fantastic. If folks want to come meet the one and only Deb the Spa Lady, let's, let's get the hours done. Okay. 10 to 6, Monday through Friday, 10 to 4 on Saturday. Come see me. Well, Deb, you'll take care of folks, and you got the swim spa. You've got other choices, the, uh, the, the eight-seater, the six-seater, the two-seater. Uh, man, what, what a selection. Deb, we're right uh, up near football season. I can't wait for it. Thanks for the time today. All right. Take care, Chris. Bye-bye. All right. You too, Deb. There she is, Deb the Spa Lady. Elijah, you'd hang out. You and Homer, the, the Haymarket Hound, would be all good in left field in the swim spa together, wouldn't you? Well, I, I was thinking of, of spa spots for Haymarket, and I think that the home run uh, deck out in right field, I right. think I think add a, add a swim spa there and uh, charge a little more for the tickets. You can just chill in a spa all day. Okay. Okay. That'd be good. Yeah. You, can, you, can, you can tweak the temp for sure. What's the number at, or do we have it? For, uh, for for game five. I do have it. Give me one second. I'm scrolling. Uh, we are at uh, Suns four-point favorites. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, Schmidt three, Elijah one. So Schmidt plus two uh-huh. units, as Danny Burke would say, uh, when it comes to steak and beer. Uh, so that's... Uh, Plus two beers, plus two steaks. What are you? What are you taking Sunday? Uh, riding with the Suns has been bad for me, but I'm gonna do it again. Give me the Suns at home minus four to cover a four-point spread. I will take Giannis and his tinkling uh, <laughs> plus four. We'll talk to you on Saturday, uh, Elijah and uh, Willie J. Rocking it tomorrow on Hale Varsity. Thanks.